Welcome to the CC Broadcast, a part of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministries. This week we'll be hearing from our radio preacher, Reverend Steve Kramer, and his message, Grace to You. Today we're going to examine one of the most treasured words in the Christian vocabulary. We begin our worship in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray together. Almighty God, source of every blessing, your generous goodness comes to us anew every day. By the work of your Spirit, lead us to acknowledge your goodness, give thanks for your benefits, and serve you in willing obedience. Through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Today's reading comes from John chapter 8, verse 2. Early in the morning, Jesus came again to the temple. All the people came to him, 
and he sat down and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery, and placing her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? This they said to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. He stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Now go and sin no more. Marvelous grace of our loving Lord, grace that exceeds our sin and our guilt. Yonder on Calvary's mount outpoured, there where the blood of the Lamb was spilled. Grace, grace, God's grace, grace that will pardon and cleanse within. Grace, grace, God's grace, grace that is greater to 
Christian writer Philip Yancey tells this story. During a British conference on comparative religions, experts around the world debated what, if any, belief was unique to the Christian faith. They began eliminating possibilities. How about the Incarnation? No. Other religions had different versions of God's appearing in human form. How about resurrection? Again, other religions had accounts of returns from the dead. The debating went on for some time until C.S. Lewis wandered into the room and asked, what's the rumpus about? And he heard in reply that his colleagues were discussing Christianity's unique contribution among world religions, to which Lewis responded, oh, that's easy. It's grace. After some discussion, the Conferees had to agree with him. The, the notion of God's love coming to us free of charge, no strings attached, seems to go against every instinct of humanity. The Buddhist eightfold path, the Hindu doctrine of karma, the Jewish covenant and Muslim code of law, each of these offers a way to earn God's approval. Only Christianity dares to make God's love unconditional. Yancey is right. Have you ever noticed that all of Paul's letters in the New Testament begin with the word grace after he introduces himself and, and some even end with grace? All of his letters thoroughly cover this subject. Grace caused quite an uproar in the 1500s, remember, when Martin Luther brought it to the forefront of the church after years of neglect and ignoring it. And years after that, a converted slave trader named John Newton penned a hymn about how amazing grace is that it saved a wretch like him. Jesus was well aware of our inbuilt resistance to grace, and so he talked about it frequently. He also described it in some of his parables, like the prodigal son, the lost sheep, and the lost coin, and the laborers in the vineyard who received the same wage at the end of the day. It's because he wanted us to understand how important grace is. He embodied it. He acted it out. Such is the case in our story, which we read earlier in John's Gospel. Jesus is in Jerusalem. He's already been confronted by the scribes and Pharisees. Uh, earlier on in the previous chapter, they, they even tried to get him arrested for his claims about himself. Now they're out to get him. He was too popular with the crowds. When we get to our story in chapter 8, we find Jesus in the temple courts with a crowd around him listening to him teach, when suddenly there's a ruckus in the back. The chief priests and scribes were pushing their way through the crowd and dragging along with them a woman who was looking terrified. We caught her in the act of adultery, teacher. What should we do with her? The law of Moses says to Stoner, what do you say? We're told by John, our editor, that they were putting Jesus to the test. They had him on the hot seat now. This is, seems to be a no-win situation for Jesus. They had him. If he said to release her, he was breaking with Jewish law. But if he said to execute her, he would not only be breaking Roman law, but it would ruin his credibility among the Jewish folks because of his prior reputation for being a person of compassion. This was a great opportunity to ruin Jesus. Interestingly, uh, 
Jesus just stooped down, wrote with his fingers in the ground while they continued to badger him. Finally, he stood up and said to them, If any among you is without sin, then let him be the first to throw a stone at her. And then he bent down and began riding on the ground again while they were just standing there. You have to wonder what was he writing. At first there was silence, perhaps some soul-searching going on in that group, and then there was the thudding of rocks slipping from their hands to the ground. One by one they walked away, and soon it was only Jesus and the woman. He stood up again and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And he said, Neither do I condemn you. Now go. And from now on, sin no more. That day, she received grace from Jesus, unmerited favor and love from the only one in this world who was without sin and had every right to throw a stone. This story contains some very good news for the likes of people like you and me. Let me explain. Jesus points out in this story a truth about ourselves when he said, let, let the one of any one of you without sin throw the first stone. And there was not one who could claim that. Why? Because we all sin. The Apostle Paul states it quite well, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Therefore, we all stand condemned guilty before a holy, perfect God who hates sin. And in the book of James, we read, if you've broken one sin, you've broken them all. So all of us are deserving of condemnation, death, and separation from, from the source of life, God. Let me share a story with you from World War II. A few GIs in the night before a battle was talking uh, they were talking about the possibility of dying the next day. They got to discussing the subject of death and the question of where one goes when he or she dies. And Getting nowhere as they bantered their, with their opinions back and forth, they finally called over the chaplain and asked him to answer that question for them. The chaplain said, well, you go to one of two places, heaven or hell. Someone in the group asked, how do you know which one you're headed towards? I can help you out with that, the chaplain said. Well, how, they asked. He said, let me take a test with me. So they scrounged up some scraps of paper and a few pencils, and the chaplain instructed them to rate themselves on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being uh, poor and 10 being excellent, on the questions that he would be asking them about themselves. The first question was, how have you been doing keeping God at the center of your life, the focus? Two, how are you refraining from taking the Lord's name in vain? What about church attendance? Have you been good about going to worship and hearing God's word? On and on he went. How well do you do it, not gossiping or always telling the truth? How are you doing with wishing you had something someone else has? Ten questions. On a scale of one to 10, how have you kept those 10? Some of the men 
thought they were doing okay. Joe figured he was about at a passing grade of 75%. A couple had themselves even in the 80s. Most of them were more than a little concerned, though, about themselves. Finally, someone asked, Chaplain, what's passing? The chaplain said, oh, 100%. Moans went up all around, and someone said, you're kidding, then what's the use? No one can get that score. And the chaplain said, yeah, but I have good news for you. There's one who got 100%, and trusting in him means getting his score given to you. His name is Jesus. He lived the perfect life and went to the cross in your place and paid for your sin. And then he rose again. And when you trust in him, you get his score. And God sees you and welcomes you home as he would Jesus himself. The room was silent as the gift was offered that night. They had experienced the predicament of their sinfulness. And they have heard, had heard the solution God's grace through Jesus Christ. We all stand before our holy God guilty as charged, unable to fix this predicament ourselves, and will always fall short on that. But God has provided the solution, Jesus, who saves us from sin and death and the power and the accusations of the devil. And because of Jesus, the Apostle Paul assures his fellow sinners, like you and me, in the book of Romans, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Jesus pronounces, no condemnation for you. Instead of writing on the ground, he is written, paid in full at the cross. Not with his hand, but with his blood. The gift of God's grace is offered to every sinner who will turn to Jesus Christ in faith, trusting in him alone. Someone in the past uh, took the word grace and turned it into this acronym, G-R-A-C-E, God's riches at Christ's expense. The riches are there. We need only to come and receive them. Trusting in Christ. Heaven is a free gift to be received, not earned. So let that old way of thinking go, if that's uh, what you're working with in your own life. It's all about grace. One last story. An old tale tells of a man who died and faced the angel Gabriel at heaven's gates. The angel pulled this bit of a prank on the man. He said, here's how it works. You need 100 points to make it into heaven. You tell me all the good things you've done, and I'll give you a certain amount of points for each of them. The more good there is in the work that you cite, the more points you will get for it. When you get to 100 points, you get in. <laughs> we know better now, don't we? Anyway, the man said, okay, well, let's see. I was married to the same woman for 50 years and never cheated on her, even in my heart. Gabriel replied, that's wonderful. That's worth three points. Three points, said the man incredulously. Well, I attended church all my life and supported its ministry with my money and service. I even taught Sunday school. Terrific, said Gabriel. That's certainly worth a point. One point, said the man with his eyes beginning to show a bit of panic. 
Well, how about this then? I opened a shelter for the homeless in my city and fed needy people by the hundreds during the holidays. Fantastic. That's good for two more points, said the angel. Two points, cried the man in desperation. At this rate, the only way I'll get into heaven is by the grace of God. And Gabriel said, now, come on in. And that is the gospel truth. I hope that you are trusting in, my friend, and leaning heavily into. Grace to you. Amen. Brought me safe thus 
Let's unite our hearts in prayer. Merciful God and Father, we thank you for the grace you've offered us through your Son, Jesus Christ. We would be so lost without your gift of forgiveness. We thank you for the means of grace, your word and sacraments, that fill us with grace upon grace as Jesus meets us there. We thank you for your all-sufficient grace that carries us through many dangers, toils, and snares. We're grateful for the grace that will bring us home to you. We now pray the prayer Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Amen. Hi, this is Matt Reister, Executive Director for Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry. Thanks for tuning in to today's broadcast. We're here to proclaim Jesus Christ as Redeemer of the world and to promote the truth of God's Word. In addition to this weekly broadcast, we want to mention two podcasts which you can listen to for free on our website, christiancrusaders.org, or on our mobile app, the Christian Crusaders app, which can be downloaded from the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store. The CC Podcast Daily Dose features short devotions from an overview of the Bible and the CC Podcast Conversations features inspiring interviews with interesting Christians. In fact, here are some excerpts from those interviews. Here's Ron Gruber, a former motorcycle gangster and murderer. When I grabbed that thing and after I, I got myself psyched to a point, and I mean I cracked that hammer back and put it against my head and I I heard it just like you and me are talking, don't kill yourself with that gun. You kill yourself with me. This is Christian singer-songwriter Michael W. Smith. You know, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. That's one, that's, and you don't like God to humble you, and I've been there. It's not fun. I'd rather do it myself. And here's Michael W.'s fellow Christian artist, Stephen Curtis Chapman. And I feel like when people say, man, your music has encouraged me in my faith journey, it always just reminds me, again, of how God can use just about anything. You know, he can use Amen. a hillbilly from Kentucky. And here's former Hawkeye and current NFL player Ike Butker. I just remember running routes. Me and this this one other kid are running routes. I don't like to talk great about myself, but I destroyed anybody that they put up against me. <laughs> <laughs> I, dro- I didn't drop a single pass. You can listen to those interviews and over 60 others, as well as our daily Bible overview devotion and this broadcast, along with archive broadcasts from former preachers on our website, christiancrusaders.org, or on our free mobile app. Today you've been listening to the broadcast transmission of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministries. We're one of America's longest-running radio ministries on the air since 1936. We are completely donor-funded, and donations are tax-deductible. They can be sent to 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613, or made online at christiancrusaders.org. Thank you for tuning into this broadcast. We'll be here again next week at the same time. And until then, may God richly bless you.